Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 479, and today we'll be talking about Casper and Nova from Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was surprised to, uh, be faced with the realization that really we just, just met Casper and Nova before this episode ended. I totally only think of the storybook that, uh, Simon reads as, as a, a whole thing. So I must have truly watched these things back to back hungrily. It's funny that this episode gets the namesake when really the revelation comes in in the final episode but yeah you know again just like there's hints earlier in the season we this this story that simon reads is about to show him well maybe (laughs) maybe he's been kind of blinded by his own well i don't even know what the character flaw would best be described as is he short-sighted he's not really selfish he's just oblivious is it just obliviousness though i I, where this story is about to take us is showing that there's an element of if not you know mean self-centeredness a a lack of empathy or or you know curiosity in what the other person wants yeah i think i think you can give him the lack of curiosity but it's not like he recognizes betty's desires and ignores them it's they they bounce right off of him right which in a generous interpretation is just uh you know the well that's just how his brain works he just didn't notice the details but the bad interpretation is we all have the capacity to stop and listen and think and simon never did that he was like sweet i'm getting supported i'm getting what i want and you know that that's a small thing to do <laughs> i guess i guess we can discuss that more in the very next episode <laughs> uh next week but what i i did really enjoy was i i remembered we were talking uh wondering a little bit about the the lich and wondering about gold and in this episode the lich spells it out he's like i completed the extermination of life in my universe so there it is the lich is uh, one per universe, whereas Gold, quite obviously, one period. Right. The Lich is also aware of this setup. Uh, I, I don't know if everyone's always aware of the multiverse or who exactly is, but I guess when you're a, a scholar of Gulp, then you know. You know about yep. the multiverse. Now, I know we were uh, we were wondering about the Lich last week, so I did I did look up the wiki. And so I was wrong. The the Lich did exist in the uh, in the before times, back when there were monsters and back when there was nothing. And uh, it was the mushroom bomb that gave him physical form, not that brought him into existence, period. Well, yeah, that's tough <laughs> to reconcile. Like, some of those monsters could be immortal beings. Some of them could be not immortal beings. Oh, they're probably immortal, but uh, they're not extra-dimensional. Right, I guess you can be or immortal and just duplicated <laughs> across all the yeah. all the universes. Or, you know, only some of them, who knows. But it's funny to think that there's a before existence period in separate universes. <laughs> right? Like, uh, I don't know. Who, who knows how this all worked out? But you kind of think that not only do the universes have their own timelines of existence in existence monsters, but uh, 
I don't know. I guess maybe these other beings we're seeing in this show supersede the existence of the actual multiverse or, you know, it, definitely digging way too deep into this. The more important things were, <laughs> were elsewhere. You could write some crazy fan fiction about the cosmology of, uh, of this world that Ooh takes part in. But in, in this one, it was a much more... Man, I, I really feel for Fiona, that, uh, that nightmare she had. They, they clued you in with the, uh, the different art style. Although, you know, you never know. It could be the different art style because of the magical world. But ooh, she, does, she does not like what she sees there. No, well, to be fair, having like a Simon corpse stuffed in your freezer and having your best friend turned into a Shoko-like abomination is tough to see. <laughs> And I don't know if Gary was trying to eat her there, or if he knew she would dodge, and he was definitely going for the <laughs> cookie her that, um, you know, he had given life. It It's confusing. He does call her the pastry, but also the pastry is her. So, uh, mixed metaphors, Gary. <laughs> I liked I liked on the wall, you do not belong here. Yeah, that's the first hint. I don't know if that was only there in this dream sequence, but I'm I'm hoping that that was only there for the dream sequence because it's too perfect. <laughs> I mean, it would fit with the owner's personality, but I, I think it's just the first sign that something's off here. Although, not quite yeah. the first sign because the city itself looks, you know, magical but wrong, even from the zoomed out view. And then, of course, Ellis is full of spaghetti, which the... The squirrels are eating. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's simultaneously horrifying and hilarious. I mean, yeah, that could be confirmation of what organs LSP has. It might have always been spaghetti. Like, we don't know if that's actually only confined to this nightmare or <laughs> if, in fact, we just saw, you know, something revelatory. So keep that in mind. Learning hard truths <laughs> about the lumpy people. Exactly. From Fiona, of all people. <laughs> Well, you know, there was other weird, uh, speaking of the internals of some of characters we've known for a long time, the Lich rips off his skin in this, uh, in this lovely scene where he's trying to, what, what's the word? Beseech Golb. Yeah, beseech, humble himself before Golb, but also then not quite humble himself because he, he's shouting. Oh, he's definitely not humble. He's like, hear me, Golb! Like, that is... And then he goes right, as soon as he gets Golb's attention, he's going right back to, I'm a devoted, faithful um, servant. And it's like, oh, you are trying to have it both ways. And <laughs> So I got a question for you. I didn't catch this the first time, but do you think all of those floating platforms are made of liches who have accomplished their goal? Yeah, see, now that's that's a better interpretation, I think, than just, obviously we're shown, oh, these cubic shapes could be people could be entities but i like the idea that since every universe has a servant of gold probably the lich then that's just the conclusion what's funnier is like how many of those are betty or not or also what's sad is is that how many universes he succeeded in like is gold i mean i guess there's infinite universes so there could be infinitely many lifeless universes and infinitely many life full universes still though it's disturbing but that also explains like gulb has been associated with the images of of these floating blocks since we first saw hmm. him right like when finn flew out of the pillow world these blocks were floating around gulb's head 
this has always been Golb's thing. So, I don't know. Like, that could be it. <laughs> it could be a representation of where Chaos has gone. Yeah, I, I like the thought that they're uh, all made of successful liches who have eventually found their way to Golb, and Golb has shown them their reward. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess this is, you know, Golb... It's funny, he's the embodiment of chaos, but chaos equaling lifelessness seems like a weird interpretation. I, I don't know if the Lich is right about this or not. We saw Gold. I don't even know what Gold was trying to do at the finale of Adventure Time. Just kind of erase everything? It doesn't quite seem chaotic. It just seems destructive. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not getting a chaos vibe off of Gold, to be honest. I'd love to bring him in for an interview sometime, but... Pretty wordless before. And yeah, I don't think he'd say much. <laughs> yeah, Betty is just as wordless. Yeah. Although, Betty finds a way. Yes, she does manage to communicate, which, by the way, just on the side about her powers, and by the way, on the side of the side, I haven't forgotten that there's a weird thing that I want to point out about the Lich after he ripped his skin off. You liked the, the thing on his uh, ribcage there? Yeah, what the heck is that? Okay, yeah, let's just, what is that? Has that been there? We've seen Skeleton Lich before. There's no weird medical device. Did he have AFib? What's up? Oof. Very, very good question. I mean, maybe they just thought it would look cool. You know, something to add a little bit of interest to that skeleton there. Every artistic choice is a real choice. <laughs> he, he is ripped down to his essentials and he still has a weird piece of augmenting you know, technology. Maybe not electronic technology, but something augmenting even his skeleton body. I don't know, it kind of looked like it was just bracing two of his ribs together to me. Not that I analyzed it, but... <laughs> I mean, maybe that's all it is. He's a barely held together skeleton. Anyway, interesting design choice. Back up a level. Uh, Betty can't talk. Maybe she doesn't want to, or maybe we just don't need to hire a voice actor to represent Golb, because how could you ever? I mean, look at Golb. I, I like the <laughs> what the I like the solution they come to in the final episode, right? In this one, she just has terrifying eye shakes, and um, it's kind of weird to me that she can turn the lich into a cubic shape, but then for the scarab, I don't really know what her plan was. Splitting up the scarab, and then she's doing this really intense zapping thing with her eyes that seems to be like a very minor deflection for these broken up scarab bugs, like. She's trying to stop them from going into the portal, but couldn't she have done literally anything else? Like, it was absolutely the weakest possible thing. Like I said, these all-powerful beings have limits of their own. It's just so far beyond our limits that we can't really see them. <laughs> Maybe it's because Scarab is a multidimensional creature. You know, he's not tied to any one world, so maybe she just has much less power over him than she has over the Lich. Also, there would be you know, some narrative precedent for her having extra power over the Lich as he has so devoted his life to her. Right. The Scarab also doesn't seem, you know, he goes, oh, seeing, seeing gold, but then just kind of says, stay out of my way. That's not something yeah. that anyone else would say to gold. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I think, I think he knows that gold can't really do too much to him. Yeah, perks of being immortal, I guess. Yep, not just deathless like Hunson Abadir. Right. Yeah, it's kind of funny. They literally can't squish the scarab bugs. Like, <laughs> he, they, they, they interpret immortality very literally. 
I mean, man. They can uh, drop him into a cheese ball bucket, though. I loved uh, Cake's solution to capturing the scarab bugs. That was some classic Jake stretchy power goodness. Yes, and then the all, ooh, I can feel him crawling around in there. <laughs> yeah, I thought for a moment that Cake having them all captured in these body squares, <laughs> don't know what to call them, was just going to like fall apart and that was going to be the problem. So I'm glad the scene just cut to <laughs> all the scarab bugs being captured in Ziploc bags and cages and uh, at least one mason jar. Amazing. Even after having seen this episode and knowing that it all ends up in the apartment and then Ellis with his glorious uh, right. jailbreak of his little babies, even even there, I feel like it's going to fail when they start trying to crawl up and out. <laughs> but it's so much better that, no, Ellis is just hiding in the room, uh, which was sleeping. a thing he already established earlier. Like, <laughs> just hides in there for some reason. Sleeping, of course, sleeping and unnoticed. Yep, randomly sleep in a pile of clothing and then, you know, see all these things and be like, oh, I'll be free! <laughs> yeah. That is so Ellis. It's a pretty silly thing for the bugs to be attacking, so I'm glad that the, the bugs actually join together. I thought they were going to turn into just a big bug for a moment, but no, they <laughs> actually come back to be the scarab, and that leads us with a nice final shot on his red eyes. Uh, I'm glad that that's what it led to, because for a moment I was confused on, are they just about to have a bug, giant bug attack the city for no particular reason? So, no, no, the scarab's back. Ooh, somebody called Gamera, or maybe Godzilla. Exactly. <laughs> Take care of business. Yeah, I really love the world of Jeremy and Beth. I, I, sure. Their brief glimpse that we had of them from the final episode of Adventure Time was kind of a promise that, you know, hey, the adventure never ends. Ooh keeps going through these crazy cycles of destruction and new growth and everything else, and the blood of the heroes continues on, or at least the spirit. And I I love the character of Beth. I just love how chill <laughs> she is and just kind of guides Jeremy. And even if Jeremy takes on a completely different personality, which is apparently an acceptable and expected thing for him to do <laughs> she's chill she's willing to go with it this isn't something Shermie does usually but you know she's like okay i'll play along oh i really just called him jeremy at one point didn't i because i'm thinking jeremy and his name's Shermie. a couple times that's embarrassing but you know who would have rolled with it beth would have rolled with it i mean i feel like betty would have rolled with it as well <laughs> uh yeah but for a sadder reason <laughs> just willing to roll with it i mean it's a very chaotic choice either way so yeah so yeah but these characters there's still a whole world going on like honestly i feel like i could watch a whole season of these two doing stuff in this post 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 apocalypse ooh which is now being run by some a-hole named gibbon <laughs> i don't know and now i looked i looked him up i think he's the son of charlie Ah, Charlie! So he is he is Jake's grandson. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, these guys are apparently supposed to be a thousand years in the future, according to, well, the final episode of Adventure Time. So that's interesting if it's only great-grandson because, well, I don't know. How long are the dog unicorn lives? <laughs> are they shorter or longer as unicorns? They They aged quite quickly in the original series, but... Maybe they age and then just stay alive. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
I mean, we see they don't seem to age very quickly. Um, they were still with Finn even after Jake's death, so and they weren't looking old at that point. So I think it is just one of those times where we're going to grow up quick and then we're going to kind of coast for a while. Right. Magic, etc. I mean, remember, Jake was magic, so we don't know what uh, what strange effects uh, him interbreeding with a Rainicorn could have, which I guess they don't do much of what with all their warfare that they used to get along to. <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot to do for this revolution. <laughs> I, I did not pause and stay on their checklist. I just loved that they had it. It was an extremely straightforward checklist uh, about uh, forming a revolution. I, I didn't write in my notes what they were, but... Spread the word. I know they were working on spreading <laughs> the word. And I, they wanted to go kick Gibbon's butt, I believe, but... Yeah, it's like you know. collect weaponry, spread the word, get recruits, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Jake's an alien, by the way, right? Are, are aliens magic? I guess he could be a magic alien. I guess aliens could be magic. <laughs> That's a side thought. Uh, Lady Rainicorn, though, was definitely magic. They, uh, they love changing things colors, so... Can't really do that without magic. <laughs> I don't know if this is magic, technology, what, why did, uh, princess, what, what was the library princesses who was a turtle? Was she just turtle princess? Yeah, I think she was just turtle princess. Why did turtle princess put gun grips on all of the books? <laughs> what, what happened? Yeah, I must have missed that episode. I, I don't think that ever happened <laughs> in any original episode, but here, now, you know, Simon tries to read a book and Beth says, oh, just That's you know let me work. do this for you <laughs> he's like i have degrees clearly not simon <laughs> that was a very good line <laughs> i'm glad that he confirmed he does have degrees it's a great alternative to i went to college <laughs> i went to college <laughs> but yeah i didn't really get it like i get the choose your own adventure sort of thing but i, I don't know if this is referencing some kind of arcade text adventure <laughs> Thing. The the only purpose I can think is that it's a, it's a kind of a double whammy. It is more advanced technology, but like for dumber people, like these people can't even read at this point. Ha! So there there's an idea. Beth felt the need to to read to him, and since this is Adventure Time, and they do everything in the goofiest way possible, this more advanced technology takes the form of something you might find in an arcade cabinet. Right. Has the Adventure Time touch. <laughs> like, yeah, it's that Adventure Time angle. Oh, it's turned into a choose-your-own-adventure. Doesn't really make sense to me based on the book's title, why it's a choose-your-own-adventure, but whatever. Stories are best told as metaphors, right? But the gun grip, is that just because we're in the post-post-post-post-apocalypse and now the best interface for technology is just a gun? like people best understand how to hold guns in this world more than anything else so now even the books are guns in a post-apocalyptic future where technology is scarce you can't be doing fancy pants keyboards and mice you gotta go back to smith and wesson the world's first point and click interface <laughs> now there you go that's gotta be it. Somewhere in a writer's room, they had to have put that down as the concept. World's first point and click. <laughs> so yeah, I like seeing their world again. Give me another season of them. Apparently that is possible because Fiona and Cake only consisted of four episodes or so of the original series. 
And here we are talking about an entire mini series show. Hey, I would be down for a mini series of uh, Adventure Time, Sherby and Beth. I mean, honestly, most of these episodes, I feel like they could have entire series. I mean, they they, they have the checklist, so we know they're going to get up to some stuff. Yeah. The thing is, it's like this episode, the farm world view. It just we're catching up on worlds we've already been to, in some cases, even multiple times. And I feel like we could just keep showing up like and now we've introduced new ones to this library too. bring me back to the crazy vampire ridden version of Ooh, where we were mm. just on the precipice of either a dead Bonnabelle and Marcy or or maybe they kiss. <laughs> we don't mm. know. I mean, I think if they kiss, they'll both be dead quite soon because of the Vampire King. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a dark, depressing future where no one can be happy. <laughs> Not even the Vampire King after he's, you know, killed the last human. Hmm. I wonder if the Lich had anything to do with that. He is a sneaky one. Food for thought. I mean, if, uh, yeah, it seems like he achieved his goal in lots of universes. Well, we know a couple. He won't be doing that in. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's it for us on Casper and Nova. Join us next week. We'll be discussing the exciting conclusion of Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake. But until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 